everybody, and welcome back to Sequelizers, the show all about fixing the bad sequels that followed good movies. As always, I am your host, Jack Chambers, and joining me are my three sequelizing colleagues, Mr. Matthew Stockton. Bruh. Mr. Tim Matum. Hello. And Mr. Alec Plowman. Uh, Something to do with stick shift, I don't know. Cars. Yeah. Men, cars, birds, etc. Yes. <laughs> As in women. It's not a British equivalent. <laughs> oh, who would you cast in a British equivalent to this film? I think Jason we know the answer. Ray Winston. Yeah. Michael Caine. It's just that bad version of the Italian job. Yes, that's like exactly what it is. Yeah, with Ed Norton. Oh, Glorious. A, we're not fixing the Italian job, ladies and gentlemen, because that... That film's garbage. Yeah. Uh, the remake. The, not, the, the, not oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Statham one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Requalizers. Ooh. Oh. Smart time. Smart time. That's a plan. That's a future plan. Fix the Italian Job remake. Good Lord. <laughs> Good luck to you all. Godspeed, <laughs> with the Italian Job remake. We don't. See you next week. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of speed, we're going to be fixing a sequel to... Some consider it a classic. It's kind of spun off into a very successful franchise, but kind of had a meager beginnings, I would say. Too Fast, Too Furious from the year 2003. If only it had been 2002. I, right? <laughs> they missed a trick I not do Too yeah. Fast, Too Furious, 2002. Yeah. Like, I mean, 20 zeros. Because June the previous year, the film had just come out the first one, so there's no time. <laughs> but like forward planning, you know what I mean? No one's forward. It's 2000s. Everyone's worried about Y2K. And I, and I don't think they were particularly predicting that the first one <laughs> they were would, be a, would come back. be sequel worthy. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I think the real problem was they were worried that, yeah, the first one might not be successful. The Fast and The Furious. I think it was just kids of just making it and see what would happen. And the answer was, oh, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly... One of the biggest movie franchises in the world. Fucking we made well. fifteen we, years later, wherever the fuck it is. We made a film that spoke to a generation after reading an article in a magazine about street racing and going, "That sounds like it might be fun." <laughs> yeah, let's option that. <laughs> Not about street racing, Alec. It's about family. Family. I mean, but but it is about street racing. Just to clarify, uh, street races the films are uh, barely feature street no, races. No, they're heists so, now. I've yeah, only it's all like big fucking superhero action movies basically okay so i will admit at this point that i have only seen the fast and the furious and too fast too furious which for this episode is fine yeah sure yeah. if anything I, you'll have a more neutral perspective than we will i think at which point i liked the fast and the furious when i first saw it and then i saw too fast too furious and i'm like no i'm, I'm done i'm done <laughs> apparently <laughs> apparently they got good again at some From point like five mm. onwards yeah i mean that that is the miracle of this franchise is that it, it really meandered um, I, I would say either the second or the fourth are probably the weakest. Two, of the bunch. two and four three, are definitely the three weakest. Three is three is very poorly thought of, but it is not as bad as people remember. Three is a functional film, mm. like it work. It's not very fast and furious in terms of like relating to back to the first one. Mm. But it, I think it's a redemption compared to this, the second mm. one. Mm-hmm. The second one is definitely where the rot set in, which is kind of our still our yeah. rule for I've, these franchises. I find it so bizarre that this is a franchise that picked up at film number. four five right yeah. don't how do they even get to that's five? the thing i've ever well they all made all the money didn't they well it, effectively the thing with five is it was kind of a bit of a reboot and mm. so they just changed direction pivoted what they were doing with it and it became a very different genre from kind of like the alien alien sort of thing mm. in, a, in a weird way so they had a chance to retain some characters retain the bits that worked shave it down make it something different introduce the rock 
covered in baby oil with roids and said look it's now a chase and you're like and it's like okay and it's it's so flamboyantly ridiculous and this is kind of the thing we'll get to in a minute people remember too fast too furious very negatively without in all honesty analyzing why they think it's bad whereas in truth it doesn't do anything really any differently to the later films we just remember it not being as good even though it's kind of the exact same fucking film we we like oh my god they basically the same yeah it's like it jumped a car into a boat for 20 feet that's ridiculous it's like and you're okay with a fucking car jumping (laughs) from a building to another building you're fine with that for a billion dollars see i would say i would say the the ridiculous parts are fine like the jumping a car onto a boat in, in terms of the like the progression of the insanity of this series it works fine enough mm. like the 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 big stunt from the first film is the the kind of the heist at the end where they everything's going wrong and and um you know Paul Walker's trying to catch up with them and stuff like that and then it gets to yeah let's jump a car onto a boat and then um it slowly progresses we get the terrible CGI car chase in Fast and Furious the fourth one and then by number five we've got let's drag a stolen safe through Rio demolishing buildings as we go um and it's it's at the level that has become this this huge juggernaut franchise suddenly um for me the parts where this film like really sags is when it's not doing insane stuff and when it's kind of trying to still be this sort of slightly grounded crime drama like the because it just is not the characters aren't good enough to support that the acting isn't good enough to support that. The acting is not good. The script is not good enough to support yeah. that. Yeah. Like the that it it's only really fun when it starts getting really outlandish. It does feel like a made-for-TV cop drama sort of disposable Miami Vice episode that happens to have a budget behind it with street racing elements and Which drug cartel things and stuff. It's weird because that sounds very little like the first the fast and the furious movie mm. which i think is one of the strange things with too fast too furious is that right from the get-go this does not feel like a sequel to the fast and the furious correct there's a yeah. quote yeah. from vin diesel who looked at and i'm not sure which script he is talking about whether it's because so a bit of context here mm. they around the time that they wanted to make a sequel once the first one was a hit they pitched it to Vin Diesel. They weren't sure if he was going to come back, and they had two scripts, one with Vin in it and one without Vin in it. And this is a quote from Vin Diesel from, a, I think it's a Variety interview in 2015, where he says about the second film, they didn't take a Francis Ford Coppola approach to it, which is a very weird thing to That's say about weird. a Fast and Furious <laughs> film. Mm-hmm. Um they approached it like they did sequels in the 80s and 90s when they would drum up a new story unrelated for the most part and slap the same name on it. Now, I don't know which draft he was talking about there, whether it's the one that had him in it or the one it's without him It's the one him with him in it, it from right. what I understand, because they, they actually started shooting this film with the script, hoping that he would finally say yes, and then they go, oh, fuck, we don't have Vin Diesel. <laughs> and he got, Let's just scramble the rest of this film together. And, yeah, and got tempted by Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. Yes, exactly. He, he had, <laughs> good, had the success call, of bro. Pitch Black um, and then gone off to make that bit of a sequel. But it's, later, it's, um, it does feel... But that comment, I think, rings true to the, the movie that you get as Too Fast, Too Furious. 
because it doesn't really feel like the sequel to the fast and the furious it other than paul walker being there it's more or less ignores everything that happens in the <laughs> no, first No, it's Alec film. didn't say Paul Walker's um, acting. He yeah. His presence. Yeah, Paul Walker is like... He's there, I he's, guess. He's in it. Um, but I mean, you know, and he's the same character. <laughs> but other than a throwaway thing at the beginning where they're like, hey, you know, we're going to arrest you if you're not... if you carry on street racing because you left. <laughs> um, like, like th- th- that's just it. That's, mm. have, it's you, like, have you seen the, the prelude? Which I, is the fucking basically a shitty God, music video. God, it's the worst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely worst. Paul Walker hangs his badge up and then just drives across country yeah. and hooks up with well, not hook up with a lady. She just gives him a lift somewhere. Um, and he makes his way, you know, you know, do a bit of street racing, bit of cash, and finally ends up in Miami. And it's like, oh, okay, that's the opening of your film. That's Why how, didn't you that's start how he there? Gets from yeah. one place to another. Mm. In I'm, the, I'm aware of the existence of the prelude. I haven't seen it. Uh, but like that sounds yeah that it's, sounds it's like something than the in, film and that's saying something right mm. <laughs> that does sound like something that's integral to yeah what should be happening in the movie though but anyway so yeah i think that's a problem with it it doesn't really feel like it's uh it just kind of abandons so much of the stuff from the first one well what we need to do here is really discuss with hindsight the escalation of the series because effectively you start with the knowledge of oh well what makes the fast and furious films successful what is in inverted commas a fast and furious film and we will always think of arguably five six seven and with a weird degree eight and you know the big bombastic um set pieces through tearing through towns and lots of really not a lot of street racing if it's just cars and yeah. tanks and big shit and planes yeah. and endless runways and all that nonsense the one that has the most street racing is three yeah exactly very <laughs> focused on street racing when I, for whatever reason when i think of the fast and the furious and again my knowledge of this franchise comes largely from film number one yeah the thing that i think of is point break but with nitrous oxide you're entitled that's, yeah. yeah that's yeah. exactly what it is yeah it's often point, point break no yeah it's, it's often pointed out that it's exactly the same premise and the same plot and it is entirely it's literally to the to the end and everything um what's interesting however is is that if we were to suddenly say, okay, well, we know what makes these successful. We know what the public wants. We'll just give them to them early. If you do that in 2003, people will reject it immediately out of hand. You can't just jump in and say, right, okay, now we fixed it by doing this too soon. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a weird... You'd go too fast, too furiously. Too hard, too soon. <laughs> because it sounds to me like actually what you get in the subsequent films from five onwards actually has very little to do with the first film anyway. Very and that's so. how they were able to make such a successful yeah. reboot is essentially just making a different film and slapping the same name on it. Pretty mm. much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the consistent elements are essentially uh, these people are very good at driving, they live outside the law, and... Uh, Vin Diesel will mumble the word family a lot. Um, <laughs> they do also become effectively highly trained killers, like Navy SEAL. Oh, yeah. Yes. They go from being literally trying to shoot at cops very badly and too fast and in very realistic action mm. sequences, which we talk about in, a minute, in terms of the fighting, at least, to standing up on a ski-mobile and plugging people with a pistol, <laughs> yeah. perfectly killing them in one shot. Like, that's 
That's like or the um, killer level stuff, like multi-story car park fight with the chain and fucking stuff, and it's all crumbling sick. around. It's, it's a fucking superhero fight. Yes. Yeah, they are superhero. It, they're films. basically both Luke Cage with like indestructible skin, and they're just falling off buildings and then going like, "Oh, that's like better dust myself off and carry on fighting." Vin the Diesel other guy launches and, himself across the flyover to catch Michelle Rodriguez and crash into a car. Goes, it's like, thank you, Vin. You why, saved the fucking day. Why have I not seen any of these films? This sounds great. You would love them, Alec. This, yeah. this sounds ludicrous. Start with five. Hey, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, six. That guy. Technically, three is seven, isn't it? In the running yeah, order, yes. Yeah, yes. It, goes, it goes one, two, Correct. four, five, six, three, Correct. seven, eight. Yeah, something like that. Shots right. Sure. Nine. Sure. Well. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's. We talk about the kind of the ridiculous level there. There's a bit in, I think it's number six, it might be seven. Who where, knows? They all blur together. Where Paul, mm. Paul Walker is suddenly like doing Jackie Chan yep. like level fighting. And it's like, wait, didn't he just used to be a, a cop? Yeah. Like yeah. a detective. Um, He's a guy called Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to know. Um, yeah. Brian and Dominic, as they're like the two main parts, <laughs> they, they sound like just. Damn. Those Some those guys yeah. who sat sat at the back in sick form, like and they were, made into sick form. Yeah. They were really into like nitrous oxide. Nitrous oxide. <laughs> yeah, they were yeah. they were those guys yeah. who were really into cars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna pimp out my microdom. I'm gonna get a giant exhaust and it's gonna <laughs> go bro. I was reading uh, I was reading Max Power the other day. I mean, and they fair, was talking about NOS. <laughs> to be fair, we were sitting in the back of the classrooms talking about comics and pretending to like rip oh, out yeah. guitar riffs. So we're, yeah. we're just, just we're not, pretending to. You know what I mean? <laughs> not a guitar in class. I think you know as as much as we mock Vin Diesel. He is weirdly crucial to this franchise, I think. Um, and, and also the, 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 the thing about family that kind of only really comes in, in the fifth film. And then mm. it, and then it becomes so central to the film. That is the central theme across it, the next. The other exactly. Yeah, and this family. Yeah. Exactly. Fast this, um, although that is kind of present in the first one as well. Well, that, I think. that's what I mean. I think it brings yeah. back the one like two and three are just other fucking and, stuff, and then yeah. And I think I think that's the thing is that it's it is it's about both literal family and this kind of extended family of people who you know they trust and 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 stuff like that. And it is present in the first one, and then it goes away for definitely the second and third ones. Like a decade. Uh, yeah, for like a decade. And it kind of comes back in the fourth, even though the fourth is very bad. Um, it reunites the original cast, and so they can start talking about that idea again. Mm. Um, and I think that when we talk about number two not feeling like a Fast and Furious film, that is one of the elements that it misses out on. It it doesn't have the same relationship set up um, that that the first one did and the, the series would go on to, you know, have at the center. Which I find frankly fucking bizarre just because if you ever see the behind the scenes or the bloopers stuff of, um, Paul Walker and Tyrus Gibson interacting, they have actually genuine chemistry in real life. I mean, they're really silly frat boys. Punching I think they each other were so friends in real life. Yeah. If I remember and it correctly. feels yeah. natural. And then the cameras start rolling and all that fades away and they become disappears yeah and it's like oh they had such great chemistry and they were so good together and they were riffing off each other perfectly it's like and they were joking the same sort of humor it's like why isn't this in the film why don't i see this why isn't this part of this and the same way that ultimately we think of like vin diesel and paul walker having a bit of a uh, a good dynamic together for example 
but we don't really see that with these characters. It's true off camera, but not on camera. So that family dynamic, that definitely exists. It just doesn't appear. Yeah, the, I think a big problem with me for so much of the dialogue is that because they went in with that script that had planned for Vin Diesel, they just fucking improved a bunch of stuff. Mm. And apparently Singleton, John Singleton, the director, was just like, um, yeah, that's just um, you, you two, you're in a room, talk about cars and stuff. Like, what? Mm. I, really? You're going to write like funny dialogue for us or anything? Nah. You'll figure just, it out. Just, just talk about stuff, you know, be fine. And you could really tell, like you said, when they go from like actually being friends in real life to be like, now act, but also improv, which neither of you are good at. Okay, you cool. End up, you end up with an ejecto cito. Fuck off, <laughs> ejecto cito. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a fucking line that is. Good Lord. Oh, yeah, apparently like the, a huge majority of this film is just improvised because mm. Singleton and had the cast basically had no idea what they were doing mm-hmm. and were just winging it on set. Mm. John, and, S- John Singleton seems like a bit of a, a an out, a left field for this movie anyway. I mean, I know Boys in the Hood, kind of. I can see why in some respects, but in other respects, he feels a bit of a strange choice for I, I think the Boys in the Hood gets him a lot of credit. Uh, he's literally, because he's from South Central LA, that's all very, he, he's grown up with that sort of environment. He's aware of it and thinks, oh, this is amazing. Why don't we do this sort of thing? And the fact that he is probably, as weird as this sounds, one of the highest uh, technically, critically acclaimed because he's been, you know, his film was probably made for Best Picture for Oscar, or Best Writing at least. It was like, oh, well, hang on a minute. That's an Oscar nominated, multi-Oscar nominated director who's been in charge of this film. It's a logical, it's the kind of thing we would suggest. It's like, okay, who would we do to get this thing? It's like, well... The Boys in the Hood guy. Boys yeah, in the him, yeah. Yeah, Singleton yeah. was great. Uh, it made sense. The problem was that, because he went into it and said oh, I want to really replicate something like Top Gun. I want the action to be cool. I want to be like this and that and the other. And really what you end up with is someone who doesn't really do this kind of action. In the early 2000s, where after like Will Smith's fucking Miami video at the end of the 90s, sort of, it, it sort of as weird as it sounds, cements the visual thing that Michael Bay was pushing with this, put the deep saturation and the high contrast, put that all in there and make these ridiculous cuts. I mean, like the, the music video for Too Fast, Too Furious or the... the um, uh, the songs that Ludacris did, it, it dictates how the film looks as well. It's it's this very oily looking thing. I mean, it's weird to look back on like the mm. early 2000s and think, what does it look like? I'll tell you what it fucking looks like. That. Yeah. That and The Matrix. It's on, like some high saturation and slow-mo motherfucking shit. But this is the kind of the interesting point whereby Singleton makes sense for the drama, except the drama is boring <laughs> and the action doesn't make any sense yeah. and some of it's cgi and looks terrible and we go inside the car for some reason and so sort of like and some of it's weirdly practical like tim you mentioned the car diving on a boat thing mm-hmm. like they really shot that yes mm. it's a one take yeah done that's the stunt yeah. it's boring <laughs> that's yeah. the big stunt of the whole fucking film and it's like cool okay you drove a car onto a boat sure and the fact that like John Singleton had done Boys in the Hood, grown up in South Central, like had an idea of this culture, which, you know, for for its various flaws, The Fast and the Furious does feel very located in a place, that first film. And then they go, oh, that's great. Uh, we're going to move you across the country to Miami. With- yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. But just for no discernible reason. There's no like, like, oh, yeah, we can do this really cool, unique thing in Miami. Yeah. 
fuck it. It's the same thing. Basically, yeah. just yeah. moved it. But we're for just no reason. We're going to give it. We're going to just assume that Miami has a completely, basically, identical hit like street racing culture. Uh, <laughs> That's with, a really with, good point, actually. Yeah, with, with yeah. no with no difference. Um, same thing, different town. Yeah, exactly. But this is the thing about Singleton. Just the last point, Singleton. I find it interesting because if we think about Fast and the Furious, which I, st- I genuinely enjoy the Fast and Furious, the first one, I think it's one of my favourite ones of the franchise because it's just very simple. I thought you were about to say it's one of my favourite films. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, it's, it's, very, it's very straightforward. It's just, a, it's, a, it's a nice thing, but the, it, it was very much of its time period as well. Yeah. Of course. But it's directed by Rob fucking Cohen. Yeah. And Rob Cohen of, of Dragonheart and <laughs> The Skulls. And it's like, and Rob Cohen who went on to do The Mummy 3. Yeah. So studio director, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just so the... weird that he's produced this. Mm. I don't, under, well, I do understand it. It's, it's, I think it's very much a random thing that just kind of could and couldn't have, shouldn't have happened. Why just, didn't they bring him back for the second one? What was his? I don't was remember. He I think he just taken out entirely. Else? Yeah, I don't think he's taking anything particularly. He worked, on, he worked on like triple X with um, uh, with Vin Diesel. Again. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think he has quite a good relationship with Vin Diesel, and so yeah. that he probably mm. went the with loyalty him. split. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of this, you know, the 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 fact that the dialogue had to be improvised because the script wasn't was half written and was written with someone else in mind. A lot of that could be put down to it being, it sounds like it was kind of a rushed production. You know, they didn't know that they were going to have such a hit on their hands with the Fast and the Furious. And so they suddenly had to turn around and go like, oh, great. Well, okay, we'll make another one of those. And as Matt mentioned earlier, it's a year later. Yeah. Like this is, 2002 is the first one, 2003 is the second one. 2001 and 2003, but that's why I couldn't do it in 2002 for 2000. Oh, sorry, yeah. right, okay. Yeah. yeah, two years later, sure. Yeah. But still, yeah. It's, it's very fast, around. Yeah, and that's and the thing is, no one expected this good to be good at all. Yeah, and they didn't have a plan at all. And also, in, uh, to be fair to this film, it actually made more money than the first one. Yeah, people yeah. forget so, that shit. So, in terms of budget and stuff, you've got the first one had a 38 million dollar budget. This doubled that, over doubled it. Well, Painful. no, yeah, 76 mm-hmm. million for yeah. the second one. And it did a little bit better in the box office, but not yeah. demonstrably. It's about two hundred and six million for the first one, and then two hundred and thirty-six million. So only thirty million dollars more, mm-hmm. which is weird considering that, like I said, the juggernaut that this series is now. Oh yeah. From like I think like five did pretty well, but six, seven, and eight did incredibly well. One of them broke a billion it, or if something. If I'm being cynical for a second, join me. Um, um, seven broke a billion not because it was necessarily very good but because it was the Paul Walker send off because yes, it was one that can be I think that was very much everybody cries and listens to Charlie Puth and yeah. looks at his brother with a CGI'd face on him and it's all a bit weird mm. yeah so something I'd like for you guys to think about have a little guess bring it back the Rotten Tomato score for Too Fast Too Furious any suggestions correct time recording I would say not too low. I'd say maybe 35%. Okay, 35 from This Matthew. is low, but it's, you know, not crazy low. I, I'm going to say higher than that. I'm going to say like 48%. And just to be fun, I will go lower. I'll go 25 Matt is almost bang on. It's 36 Shit, really? 36 How did the original one do? The original one is slightly higher. It's got to be like 45 50 max. No one's um, going to give it that much. Again, the critics of the time, uh, as we were discussing before the show started, wouldn't have understood it. It's like, you damn kids and your fast cars. <laughs> it's not like American Graffiti. Now, that was a real movie with cars. That kind of bullshit. It's only slightly higher. It's 53. So uh. so we go uh, in order. 53, 36, 38, 
29 for number four. Yeah. And then 77, 70, 81, and 67. So they've, yeah, the they've mm. been critically acclaimed. They've, they've yeah. just been better yeah. than shit. Yeah. The only one that breaks 80% is seven. Again, like you said, it's there. Which again has one of the send off and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And it's like, yeah. That's one that starts with the. Who knows? They're all the same. Out of the that, plane. That's the one that starts with the cars. It's not like the driving fast and the furious. Uh, no, it's not with the bikes. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Is that the one that starts with the cars? And ends with the cars. Oh! I think it's the one that. Where they, cars in the middle. Where they parachute out of a plane. Uh, with a tank. That is. No. That that's is in. Six, I think. I'm just no, side... that is in number seven. Yeah. It is seven. Just a side note here. I was having a conversation with Felipe about the Fast and the Furious, and there was this hazy 20 years ago recollection where I was trying to describe to her the premise for the Fast and the Furious, and in turn she was trying to describe to me the plot of Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, because in her head those two had just become sort of the again, same Again, same time. Yeah. Can you imagine if Gone in 60 Seconds became the huge franchise that the Fast and Furious is, <laughs> and Nicolas Cage is still... Oh, that's right. It's like, gone, what is this gone, in, gone in 59 seconds. Oh Imagine if they'd merged. Imagine if there was a shared gone universe. Gone in some furious there. seconds. <laughs> I love it. Gone very fastly and very furiously. I, I, like, I like gone in fast seconds. <laughs> hey, listeners, do you want to know how we're going to fucking fix this? <laughs> fast seconds sounds suspect. We'll just... Talking about gone in 60 seconds, there is another film around this time that I think is that Too Fast, Too Furious is a slightly grittier version of more than it is a Fast and Furious film. And that is the fucking Dukes of Hazard film. Oh that my they God. Did. Wow. Because with Owen Wilson? Uh, with, uh, with, no, it was uh, it, Johnny it, Knoxville and Sean, Sean William Scott. Yeah. What? God, fucking I forgot hell. that existed. Um, Jesus Who Christ. was Daisy Duke in that? That was uh, Jessica, Jessica Simpson. Jessica Simpson. Jessica Simpson. Christ. Directed by the dude who did uh, Super Troopers, wasn't it? I th- I can't remember sure the wasn't. director, Jesus but um, yeah, just like the fact that it ends with a car like jumping onto a boat, and the Tyree specifically says we're about to do some Duke of Hazard shit. Exactly, yeah. I think it weirdly feels closer to that mm. in terms of like here's some guys messing around in a car. Did they come out of the same in the same year as well? Uh, no, uh, I think it was 2005. Okay. Dukes of Hazard came out, but it's it's That's close there, there was clearly an yeah. interest in like yeah, we definitely. can do films about cars. <laughs> that's a good premise let's do films about cars because that worked for pixar <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of fixing too fast too furious singleton's a problem mm. the script itself and the story <laughs> itself is a problem because it doesn't feel like a fast because it doesn't <laughs> relate to the first one yeah it, it, they just fucking move it for no reason and it loses so much from that first one so it's very spin-offy yeah, yeah, exactly. It feels like a an isolated thing that could be not a Fast and Furious movie. It could be something totally different. But we got Brian. Good old Brian's in there. And speaking of Brian, casting. Mm. I think casting also needs to be fixed. Because, yeah, having a script that isn't finished, aimed at people who aren't there, <laughs> it's not a good look. So if you actually write a story that relates to the people who are there and you have a decent cast... People with actual chemistry on screen would help. That would be lovely. And possibly a, a Vin Diesel. Oh, a bit mm. of Vinny in there. Good old Mark Sinclair, I think his real name is. <laughs> <laughs> Named after the ZX Spectrum. <laughs> so, why don't we go about fixing this garbage sequel, shall we, gentlemen? <laughs> I guess that that's 
that's what that's we're the, here that's for. That's the name of the game. That, that, yeah, the premise of the show. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I'm going to pass over to my good friend, my colleague Tim. How would you like to fix too fast and indeed too furious? We're I, the had title. A, I had a run. We're keeping the title. The title is actually with numbers good. with the numbers okay. yeah. Yeah. because it's exactly the level of ridiculous that you want. <laughs> it's, it's tonally appropriate. And I, I think that um, what I was looking to kind of do when I was thinking about the writing is essentially accelerate slightly the journey to number five. Um, the journey to the rock. The journey to the rock. Um, <laughs> because two and three and four all exist at more or less the same level and then there's a big jump up in five and so bridge that slightly bring together some of the aspect some of the things from two some of the things from four um and hopefully just kind of leave the two worst films in this entire <laughs> well yeah but match I, them together essentially I, good. I want to jump from the road of the fast and the furious to the boat of fast five <laughs> and 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 miss the water the murky waters of two three and four <laughs> touche sir well played well played um so we start off with brian paul walker good old brian uh, still in la uh now working with the atf the alcohol tobacco and firearms bureau or whatever whatever they're force department department <laughs> um, department's not a sex <laughs> it is if you say with this Department. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, Tim. Uh, so he's working with a gang, uh, working with the ATF to capture a gang that is smuggling weapons down to uh, the cartels in Mexico, hidden among uh, car parts for you know tooled up street racing cars. Um, and we're gonna the the stuff in Too Fast Too Furious about how he. Um, He's on the run and then he gets picked up and has to work with the FBI again is all nonsense. It is, yeah. yeah. So we're just going to kind of jump over that by saying, (laughs) jump over, um, Ah. uh, by saying that he has uh, this kind of gruff superior officer figure who is aware that he let Dom escape at the end of the first film and he's kind of using that to keep him in line. So he's still working for the authorities, but he's on this kind of like, you know, you screw up one more time. I'm going to throw you in, you know, prison. I'm going to Classic, tell everyone yeah. what you did kind yeah. of stuff. Classic cop type yeah. leash stuff. So, okay, introducing a new character. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, meanwhile, we're going to jump down to Mexico where Dom, Letty, and their crew, made up of whoever we want to include, basically, um, are hijacking fuel tankers uh, and trying to stay off the grid, which is basically what they're doing in number four. Mm. Um, So we get to have a nice, early, exciting hijacking scene. um, And um, after that happens, we're going to have Dom approached by this kind of enforcer-type figure who I've written in my my little script notes as beefy lieutenant. <laughs> um, That's my favourite flavour of super noodles. Old beefy L. <laughs> the, the big beefy L. Um, and he's going to reveal that the, the truck that they hijacked belonged to this crime boss and that essentially they na- they've disrupted his operations down in Mexico. They owe him for, you know, the, the fuel that's gone. They owe him for the disruption. Dom's going to have to work for the crime boss now, which is kind of the agreement he makes so that Letty and the others can get go free and it's just Dom working for them. Okay. So you've introduced a few new characters already. We've we've introduced a couple. Yeah. The the kind of the, the important ones here are 
our gruff superior officer and our, our beefy, beefy, beefy lieutenant, lieutenant beefy lieutenant and crime boss as well uh well we will come to that oh, a little surprise mm, there interesting. um so yeah for the um well Alec, do you want to you you kind of handled casting for this one do you want to Walk us to who you picked for those. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I have to who, remember. Who, who, who's, your, who's your big beef man? Your BLT. Show, show us your beef plan. Man. So I debated with beef whether <laughs> the right... Alec used to be vegetarian. Now he's not vegetarian. He debated with beef. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, whether the... Uh, fact. Whether the right flavour of beef for... <laughs> This particular beef I love the is, in fact, um, Jason Statham. Oh, a bit of British beef. Yeah. Bit of a, McDonald's. Yeah. 100% British Statham. <laughs> um, from from farm this, this to is... table Statham. <laughs> so, so, uh, house. Quick, quick question we haven't addressed yet, I guess, is um, what year? Is it still 2003? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think... I ma- assume so, anyway. Maybe, Sorry, I'm jumping in there, but yes. Make I, it 2003, Tim. I think maybe push it back, like, a year, just okay. to give them that time to... Do it properly. Do so it I'm trying properly. to think what is old Jay Stath up to. Transporter 1? Is that, that's well, it's yes. time, isn't it? Yeah. That's 2002, isn't it? Okay, yeah. He's working towards, towards rock and roll... Uh, not rock and roll, um... Uh, revolver. He'll drop oh. everything for a piece of beef this prime. <laughs> uh, you, know. Oh, you know, it's not every day that you get beefy lieutenant. I don't know. Technically speaking, it's at this point, just... Fast and the Furious is not a big franchise. He might, mm. he might go. Uh. Well, anyway, he's doing it. Statham's doing it. Statham's not that big at this point. He's mm. not big enough to turn me down, so he can fuck off. Uh, see, I, st- I just to throw a spanner in the works. Oh, a beefy spanner. Just, I've seen like eight Fast and Furious films. I don't know any car terms. Because um, those films are not about cars. <laughs> get, a, get a wrench in the pipes. So I was, I, I had an issue with Statham because, because again, he's, he's a solid cast idea. He's you don't fine. like people from London. Yeah, but he's not, he's from, not from London. He's from Kings is he? Lynn, isn't he? I think so. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. I don't pretend they're pretending from London. They're from Kings Lynn. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know because I, I think his, his presence in the Mexican cartel would be weird. <laughs> that is very wait, true. Wait, wait. It's Jason Statham doing brown face. El Jason Statham. I'm sorry, but you put the word beefy and lieutenant on in the a Mexican. Where do you have to go with that? Find a beefy Statham. Mexican. Well, I don't know. Then have some I'm, Mexican beef I'm available sticking, at Subway. I'm sticking with Statham. Tim will make it work. It's fine. I think you know. All, all it needs is a couple of lines of like. This guy's ex-special forces, and we yeah. brought him over, and he—he's been off the grid. He's been off the grid, mm. and then he just needs to turn around and go, "Olay," because he fucking would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, who did you have for gruff, gruff superior officer? So for gruff superior officer, a man who uh, is, I—I uh, I think, fresh out of rehab at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man style. Yeah. Right? This, um, is, this is going to be the role that's going to transform who, his life. and Somebody who's on the cusp of a comeback at this point is good old Mickey Rourke. Mm-hmm. Fucking the wrestler He's, himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a man who can do gruff. There's a man who can, you know... Be an expendable mm-hmm. film. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 we'll talk more about Rourke and the significance of him as well when we come to the director. Oh, so we'll save that for now. A little but, tease. Because, mm, yeah, 2004 is where he does start to make a huge comeback. Yeah. And I feel that this is the kind of role that he would come back oh, yeah. into. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So after after uh, Dom encounters the Stafe, um, <laughs> the beefy Stafe, the beefy beefy Stafe, a bald off, 
B- Beefy Lou should be the actual <laughs> character name. Just BLT, Beefy Lieutenant. BLT. <laughs> Genius, Matthew. <laughs> so we're sticking with BLT. BFLT, that's what we're calling it. BFLT. On BFLT. We jump back to LA and we have Brian meet up with Tej, who is in Too Fast, Too Furious, played by Ludacris. Perfectly happy with that. I think he does a good job he in does. these he's, films. Yeah. Um, Who doesn't like Ludacris? He's quite charming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we basically have him playing the same role. We have him as a contact in the street racing world and a mechanic. Um, and he kind of reveals that uh, the weapons dealer that, that, that Brian's trying to track down has been recruiting drivers from these street races. So we get a fun street racing scene uh, where Brian wins the race in order to kind of meet up with this recruiter who we have B a childhood friend of Brian's named Roman. Ah, mm. bringing back Roman. Okay. Yes, but we are making a change here. Good. We are bringing back Roman. Okay. We are not bringing back Tyrese. Good. Um, so far, so good. <laughs> how do you feel about so far, Rob so Schneider? Furious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, do you, <laughs> how do you feel about... Jason Statham's a Mexican, dual, Rob Schneider's uh, African-American. Well, how do you feel about um, two performances? From Jason Statham. <laughs> Jason Statham's twin. <laughs> too fast, too furious, too rolls. Two Jasons, two Statham's. Oh no. I'm from, I'm from LA now. <laughs> Holla. Oh, good lord. So you're recasting Roman? Yes. Yeah. Uh, who, who are we recasting him as? Uh, we're going to go. So um, somebody who uh, was kind of quite prominent around this time had been in er for a bit and had just done eight mile oh er like the fuck? how does yeah. that relate to anything <laughs> um, eight mile a little bit more relevant yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. mackay pfeiffer oh nice show. so we're gonna keep roman but we're recasting him the other thing we're gonna keep is the extremely shitty fight that he and brian have <laughs> yes because it's yes. brilliant it is a shitty fight it's, it's it is um it's a playground feels real it's crap yeah it's end of bridget jones level like realistic <laughs> yeah. in fact possibly even more so because no one's crashes yeah, through, no a goes through a window i just thought that yeah yeah there's more um, drama in bridget jones than yeah. yes so they have they have their terrible fight <laughs> less drama than bridget jones um and we're not we're not even going to have it be about like oh you know i i went to prison because of you we're going to have it something like really stupid of you like, my sandwich yeah yeah it's going to be like back when we were 12 you you know borrowed my copy of frogger without asking or something frogger's choice <laughs> i thought like hot wheels cars or something like that. Or a racing game frogger but frogger is it's about crossing the road it makes sense so as they cool off afterwards roman explains how he got kind of drawn into this life of crime and he explains that the the crime boss that he's working for is very bad news um how do they call off afterwards tim um, is it they, with a beer or is it with like a kiss? It's with it's with a beer and a kiss. Yeah, and of yeah. course that beer is Corona. Like, yeah, <laughs> just want to make sure we're embracing where this series is going. Yeah. Um, uh, and Brian says uh, Brian promises he'll be able to get uh, Roman a pardon in exchange for um, his help, but uh, Mickey Rourke's character sort of comes in again and sort of says, you know, Brian, you're skirting close to the edge of the law. You know, be careful, basically. Um, we have Brian and Roman transport 
the cars that contain the weapon parts down to Mexico. Um, and it's here that they reunite with Dom, who is driving one of those big multi-car transporters. Oh, nice. Um, and we, as the, we have the Mexican authorities show up and we get a nice big action scene at the kind of like beginning of second act part um, as uh, with them like ejecting the cars from the transporter and driving away while Classic. in motion. Yep, yep. Um, and um, yeah, we've kind of, I, I haven't like scripted the everything in the second half of the uh, the film because uh, obviously we're, we've switched format slightly, but um, we follow a series of crew clues and it's eventually real, revealed that the crime boss is in fact gruff superior officer Mickey oh. Rourke. Big twist. Nice twist. Um, who's been funneling weapons to the cartels to kind of keep them off American soil and get rich in the process. Um, He's later elected president. He is later elected president. <laughs> Build the wall. Build the wall. <laughs> um, Roman leaves because he's upset that his pardon is clearly off the table. So Brian and Dom go to co- uh, confront uh, Mickey Rourke and he escapes in a helicopter uh, with, with Statham manning a machine gun, uh, you know, on the on the outside. Yep. Um, and our heroes seem done for until Roman shows back up with Letty and all the others in tow, kind of reuniting the family. Um, and then they uh, we defeat um, at least uh, Mickey Rourke and possibly Statham, unless we want him to jump out early and, and save himself for a sequel, perhaps. Um, we absolutely do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to defeat them using the launch a car at a helicopter trick from Classic. Die Hard 4, which yep. came out after this. Mm. So we're stealing it ahead of time because it <laughs> suits this film so much more than it did Die Hard 4. It really does. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, yeah, so so the, the main sort of problems we're addressing are, like we said, make it feel more like a Fast and Furious film and kind of bridge that gap between the relatively grounded first one and the total ridiculousness of the third. So I feel like this is the acceleration towards the batshit insanity of the Yes, we haven't quite hit that NOS button, uh, <laughs> but we're, we're building up to that. <laughs> nice, yeah. So jumping in from that, something that I feel um, we also need to address in this. So we have a returning Vin Diesel, which is good. Yes, um, I th- a key thing that could have possibly yeah. saved this film. Um, but I think we need to think a bit more about what Vin Diesel and Paul Walker's relationship is in this movie. Sexual. Um, almost, Ero- erotic? Almost certainly both. No. <laughs> um, I think... Um, so what I'd like to add to what Tim has got is a bit of motivation for some tension between those two characters because i feel like you can't just drop vin diesel back in Mm -hmm. and these two reunite as if nothing has happened well it's unfinished business yeah so the things Mm, i would like to add is that there is um a sense of hostility between these two characters for two reasons which is number one that uh vin diesel is uh, angry at Paul Walker because he feels like he betrayed him, even though Paul Walker is somewhat has his hands tied because he's acting under duress because of this superior officer. But Vin Diesel needs to resent him for that, and also because of his comment in the first film that you know, okay, you're dating my sister. If you ever mess her around, I'm going to kill you. There needs to be some repercussions <laughs> for that. Paul Walker and her need to be estranged 
in this film and that to me needs to be a source of tension their relationship and also how Vin Diesel responds to it with those characters then coming together at the end of the movie and being able to reconcile those differences because of the realization that there is a greater enemy at work Mm. there's uh, yeah I very deliberately uh, put their reunion very almost immediately turns into an action scene because that stops them it stops vin diesel from just going over and kicking paul walker's ass um (laughs) and it also then means that they can you know bond a little bit in that moment of you know uh action and and tension um and i think i think four actually did a reasonably good job of the moment when they first reunite and they're both pursuing the same guy for from from different angles and i think that dynamic works well for them of of having more or less the same goals or at least the same enemy but coming at it from two different directions um and i think the the thing that you mentioned about the relationship with the sister um is very true as well i i always think it's so weird that like they bring in eva mendez and and give paul walker a love story in this one even though it's established love story in the first one yeah it's just like and and then they then bring that established love story back and it becomes quite like central to his whole arc yep. for the for the rest of the films um yeah that was something that always felt really off to me when mm. watching the second one yep. and again just how far away it felt from the first one so mm. i really feel like you need to that needs to be central to alternative fast and the furious 2 yeah. you should point out that even in the prelude doesn't cover it nope yeah. nothing he looks in the <laughs> mirror for a little while then hangs his badge up yeah <laughs> that's about it has a quick wank you know i mean it's implied yeah i mean there's there's nothing in too fast too furious about that implies that the events of the first film really happened happened, at all yeah Yeah. it's completely standalone unrelated or or impacted brian's character at all like we need to show that he you know is not viewing things so black and white now etc etc yeah, I think that reuni- the reunion with Vin Diesel is a is a key point there, and I really like your idea there, Tim, and and kind of saying what you you were saying, like of when they reunite, you instantly throw them into an action scene, and like, imagine them like reluctantly fighting side by side, and they do the like almost like a classic back to back thing, and they're like, oh yeah, we've done this before, we know each other, like mm. well, you, we we do have the same goals at the end of the day, kind and of a thing. common enemy as well. Yeah, common enemy is is the perfect perfect example of that. Yeah. I, I don't know how you could do it with them being in different cars, but I like the idea of them sort of arguing, like, shouting at each other. Let me tell you, going walkie talkie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Having to cooperate, drivey talkie. <laughs> <laughs> but also getting out all of this annoyance at each other, you know, yeah, shouting yeah, at each other yeah. while doing amazing things in cars. So while they're driving and shouting, would you describe them as fast and furious, Alex? I would describe them as too fast and too furious. <laughs> oh! <laughs> because oh they God. should really be concentrating on what they're doing. But it makes for a very good sequence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what this franchise is all about. Disagreements between two cars driving next to each other. <laughs> the fast and the furious. <laughs> so... That's the plot sorted. Casting sorted. Vinny's back. Got Statham in there as a Mexican guy for some reason. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we do. No worries. No problems there. So Mickey Rock double crosses everybody. A better Roman. I'm liking it so far. What about Singleton, Matthew? Sorting out this director. So What's the plan? For me personally, I, I again, I can't stress this enough. Singleton... Paul W.S. <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> Wes Anderson. The Willie Slinger 
is driving oh, shift. Know. Former professional wrestler Arn Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Boys in the Hood gets Singleton so much credit in my eyes because I genuinely adore that film. Yeah. I think he did a fantastic job with it. And unfortunately, his later career is pretty not good. Yes, correct. So there was a comment I mentioned earlier, which which uh, is credited to Singleton, saying oh, I wanted to create something like Top Gun. So the logical choice is to literally go straight to the source and just bring on old man Tony Scott. <laughs> <laughs> now, so Tony Scott... How uh, old is Tony Scott at this point? I don't point? know, he's like in his 50s he's not, or some he's shit. Not, that's that's not, old at this I thought point. you were going like... Seven, I have no idea how old Tony he's, Scott is. He's, like, he's, he's, like he's in his 50s. 70s. 50s. But he's, you know, older than John Singleton. Sure. And Rob Cohen. And also sure. very English. <laughs> so the, the, the key point is that not only is he directed Cop, Top Gun, at this point he's also of relevance. Directed Days of Thunder, again oh, a NASCAR uh, wrestling movie, so he gets uh, to the uh, visuals. Uh, he's done um, True Romance with the sort of crime element to it. He's yeah. done Crimson Tide, so we've got the tension going on as well there. And Enemy of the State, which again feels like a kind of um, sort of tone with what we're trying to go with, with that tension and running mm, forward. Yeah, definitely. Like. Yeah, but yeah. more importantly, in 2004... He does which, what I like to think is maybe Tony Scott's best film, Man on Fire with Denzel Washington. Oh, what a fucking film. I adore that film. So I God, think I love that movie. 2004 pushing this. We're not going full on, oh no, we've gone too far, Domino, the bounty <laughs> hunter, but bringing a lot of elements of that. And one key point is that Mickey Rourke is in um, Man on Fire. Mm-hmm. He gets he's yep. the smaller role, but he's, it's him starting to work his way back. So him and, and Scott will obviously get on that regard. I think it's quite nice. More than that, Man of Fire being set in um, Mexico City and it has a beautiful visual style and a really interesting way of doing things like subtitles and this sort of record scratch style thing with different languages. I think that could be incorporated in this really nicely. So you won't go full pelt that sort of style because it's so disparate from what we've had in you have got that mexican connection with the cartel in this film exactly exactly elements that can still come in and, and be be utilized quite well so we take on board a lot of those sorts of things and i think again keeping the not just bland ass subtitles but making them part of the, the visuals and make again the the action would be incorporated into something that's really quite entertaining and the and not only that bringing his team with him the editorial people who would work on things like top gun who basically save something have been oh god this is a terrible film no one's gonna like it to suddenly reworking all the uh, the flyover shots and in, in the various mix and other bits and pieces of planes and it it's become this really compelling extremely homoerotic action film <laughs> which is why he's perfect for this yeah um playing, so I, playing with vin diesel <laughs> playing playing with the stay that's all you're going so I, I i think yeah tony scott's a very uh, strangely logical choice oddly enough for, for this to, kind of to film. oil up those two bald men and watch them go pretty much and i think he can he can juggle that kind of disparate storyline that goes between two very different styles of storytelling because we do have like a bisected plot between the cartel stuff in america a, a what plot sorry bisected oh okay <laughs> carry on read a book jack <laughs> jesus um between the stuff in, in in mexico and the stuff in los angeles and to be fair la is a very uh latin sort of influenced city as well so you do have that sort of flow name between. is literally in spanish yeah i know yeah <laughs> but that's the point i think you can bring a lot of harmony between those things and i think visually and audibly he could do that really really well and in an interesting style in a way that unfortunately i think singleton could hmm? and yeah. with this story 
I think the story isn't, in my opinion, would be strong enough to court Vin Diesel back. He could still do his Chronicles of Riddick until we sequelize it later. <laughs> um, can I just say, just as a quick aside here, it's so weird the way that Vin Diesel went there. that Because he had three <laughs> massive franchises, mm. or potential franchises at the time, Fast and the Furious, Triple X, and uh, Pitch Black. Mm. And he turned around and went, yeah, Chronicles of Riddick is where it's at. Yeah, I'd like Goodbye Pitch Black without any of the tensional horror and stuff, please. That'd be Yay! Yeah. Cool! I'd like Pitch Black, but I got this D&D character that I created. <laughs> Can I be that instead? And you make it generic yeah. sci-fi crap. I mean, those films are fine. But it's such mm-hmm. a weird... Imagine what Vin Diesel could have been if he'd said yes to all three. And why the hell didn't he at that point? It's yeah, Vin Diesel's a very strange individual, to be honest. I mean, things like you think he's appeared when he was very unknown in things like Saving Private Ryan, The Iron Giant... And, and the a Street season, Sharks commercial. And a Street Sharks commercial, obviously. <laughs> Callback! <laughs> um, but then, you know, and then he's finally... We keep always forgetting that he is in the mcu as well as Groot, mm. so it's just like oh yeah diesel and then you see him in the fast furious film he's like like fate of the furious is that what fate's that called? is mm-hmm. a, yeah, yeah yeah and that kind of something you're so. like oh yeah and he still feels like he's kind of kind of almost angry to be there looking over his shoulder and gruffing about something yeah. or other and it's like oh yeah you look tired man do you do you want to be here do you like being an actor I feel like he's becoming Harrison Ford. Oh. Just pointing to his family and then just mm. look over his shoulder and go, oh, They both, yeah. Yeah, and just mumble and just. Can I kill my character off yet? And then hate the other cast members. So, yeah, Singleton has to go, in my opinion. I, again, I would, I, we discussed this early on. I wanted to keep Singleton for a long time. I thought, no, I think he can do this. And then you look at behind the scenes stuff and you look about, as you say, about the improv, and you're like, he can't. He has no, to go. He didn't it's know what he was really doing. really disappointing, unfortunately. But again, and, and others are like, okay, so you brought this guy who's, again, from South Central Los Angeles, the South American dude, who are you bringing in? Some fucking Geordie white guy. <laughs> it's like, oh, good work, white boys. And it's like, well, to be fair, it, everyone's just trying to emulate his style. Why don't yeah. you just bring him in to create something new and different? And to be fair, I think if he had done that and created something that had been very vibrant and colourful and energetic, we would have got immediately to Fast Five in the third film, in our third film. Okay. And then from there you'd gone, the hype machine would have been real and been much more, not grounded, but definitely more um, of an actual credible powerhouse, basically. Mm. And make them every four years or something rather than every two or whatever. And then you wouldn't have to, and again, imagine bringing The Rock in at that point, it'd be like, what, 2008? Mm. A good time to bring The Rock in because he's eh, not doing that Yeah, much. what's The Rock doing in 2008? He did like Walking Tall and Welcome to the Jungle, or whatever the fuck that name was called. Which was a good film. Welcome to the Jungle's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or the, or the Christopher, rundown from Americans. Christopher Walken yes. as the bad guy. Mm. Yeah. I think the thing with Singleton as well is that if you're if you're if we're looking to step up the action in this and just the size of the set pieces, he doesn't really have that experience, especially when you compare him to to Tony Scott, um, who you know has done Top Gun, has done you know. These. Top Gun and Man on Fire sells it for me straight exactly. away. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, Matt, Top Gun is the one that they're basically emulating with this style, this mm. homoerotic, the camaraderie and the camaraderie. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. The, and the fact they're both on the same side but with slightly different agendas. Again, you can take that of almost 
quite a lot of of um scott's early films again days of thunder you've always got like this adversarial person who's kind of the same guy basically again we're just basically merge this is one of those things where we're not just scrapping it all together we are effectively pushing it all together we're merging what works into a credible story to leapfrog to or frogger if you will yeah Uh, yeah, leapfrog to to fast five which we know is ultimately if you talk to fast media's fans almost everyone ranks that at the top yeah five or six people love six as well but yeah yeah. it's a weird thing because i think it's the first example of a franchise of the multiple films where it gets better later on that we've fixed yeah because like you think like pirates of the caribbean we fix the second one people like oh i quite like the second one but like yeah but three and four are fucking garbage like Mm. it gets worse and worse and worse you know what i mean yeah like the the success that it has is really it's kind of a perfect storm um and i think that's why like a lot of this is you know we've we've been trying less to come up with a completely new film like we sometimes do and more just steer it towards the things that we know that that do work about yeah. the franchise that will come to be very good about yeah. the franchise and you know trim out some of the things that don't work yeah it's a unique cough, beast. Tyrese, cough. yeah yeah it's a unique beast in hollywood and then as i kind of mentioned and as you've kind of explained a bit more there tim is it's a unique challenge for the three of you because mm-hmm. you know it does work later on and it's essentially accelerating that, like you said, Matt, mm. bridging that gap and jumping off onto the boat of <laughs> five and, and kind of merging four in there a little bit and mm. fuck Tokyo Drift and, and kind of getting it all working together because we know it can work so well later on. So well done, gentlemen. Yeah, I think you've uh, successfully two fixed this furious or whatever the fuck. I don't know. <laughs> I, tr- I tried. Good job. Good job, Jack. <laughs> That's my contribution to the show. I think, yeah, Singleton needs to go. Tony Scott's a good choice. Plot makes more sense. Bring back in the previous crew. Bring it all back together. Then Diesel's back. Bit of Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Mackay Fife is an interesting choice. I think is he would bring something a bit more interesting to Roman because fuck me, Tyrese, not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, well, well, well fixed. And we got Statham. Oh, yeah, and Mexican Statham. Or his <laughs> Mexican non-union equivalent, <laughs> Senior Stathamo. <laughs> if you have any ideas about how to fix Too Fast, Too Furious, if you disagree or agree with our choices here from my esteemed colleagues, let us know. Tweet at us. We're Sequelizers on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. And if you really want to get stuck in, you can email us, sequelizers at gmail.com. If you wish to support this debauchery, patreon.com slash sequelizers is the place to go. Throw your dollars? Does it change to pounds? Throw your dollar down. Throw your dollar down. Throw Throw a beat down. Throw your hands in the air, then bring them back down again and... Put, the, put them in your pockets, pull out some money. And push it at the screen. I don't know how Patreon works. Rub, yeah. rub it on your phone and everything <laughs> will be fine. How can people follow you on the internet, Matthew? So, yeah, if you want to follow me, you can, depressingly. You can go to either Twitter or Instagram and follow Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z. You can read my reviews at the right hand. You can watch my filmmaking stuff at Cheese Mint. And you can pretty much, you know, Google that shit and it will come up. I think that's about it, really. Oh, and uh, I drag race on Thursdays. My car is luminous green with some underlights. The underlights luminous are also green luminous for your green. Irish, Irish heritage. Yeah, that's a coincidence. Yeah, 
Um, I, I mean, the, the guy at the dealership chose it. So fair yeah. enough. Uh, but he might have sized me up, so it might have been racism. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but my, my my racing name is Matthew Stogden. Throws the police off with with zeros instead of O's and stuff. No, no, no. It's spelled correctly. Oh. It's not my full name. It's not my three middle names. So it's <laughs> fine. Fair but, enough. Yeah. Thanks. So yeah, I'll see you down the track. The track being Liddles. Yeah. <laughs> Car park. <laughs> Two in the morning. <laughs> Speaking of meeting people on the track, how can people follow you on the internet, Mr. Matum? Um, yeah, I am trivia underscore lad on Twitter. That's probably the best way to find me. Um, I do have an Instagram, but I barely use it, so it's not worth me pimping that out. Um, and then, yeah, I t- most of my projects I tend to shout about on Twitter anyway. Um, and yeah, if you want to meet me on the track, uh, it will be Dry Dry Desert uh, in Mario Kart, and I will be... <laughs> Not doing very well. Oh, like, excellent. Not good okay. at video games. Mr. Plowman, how about you? Uh, I'm Alec underscore Plowman on Twitter. That's P-L-O-W-M-A-N. Uh, if you want to find me on the track, I will be racing a 1992 Vauxhall Nova two-door. <laughs> uh, the uh, the uh, the lock on the right door is is broken, but there's really nothing of value in the car. Um, I don't have a license, which... I like to see as plus. I think it makes things very interesting. The police seem to disagree. More edgy. Seeing as I can't get over 55 miles an hour in my particular speed machine, uh, (laughs) it's not a problem anyway. But that will be me on the track with Matthew Speedy Shoes Stogden Mm. in his... Flintstones car, apparently. his (laughs) Flintstones car. Speedy Shoes. You can follow me, JLW Chambers, on... Pretty much everything. Probably even like Pornhub and stuff like that because, you know. Tinder? Uh, no, not anymore. I was yeah. briefly on Tinder when, right. I, when I was single between long relationships. But yeah, that's it for sequelizers this week. But until then, that doesn't make any sense. Keep your engines full and your, your foot on the, on the gas and your, and your dipstick flush and your boots full <laughs> of jelly and all the things happening. And we'll see you later. Check, check your tyre pressure. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a good thing. It's very dangerous otherwise. Yeah. Check, check yep. tyre pressure. And your windscreen wiper fluid's we'll full. Make sure, make sure you've always got a bottle of water in the glove box in case you're <laughs> stranded. And a gun <laughs> in case you get stranded. See you in two weeks, folks, <laughs> with your guns and bottles of water. Bye. Bye. <laughs>